together, growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, I would like us to briefly reflect on the readings of today. The first one coming from Romans chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Paul argues to the church in Rome and he says, I have no excuse and you too should have no excuse. You remember that he had already spoken yesterday when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. And these two for me speaks volumes. The first one, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. I'm not ashamed of what God has done for me in my life. I'm not ashamed of what God is doing in my life. That's one aspect. And today in chapter 2, he says, you have no excuse whatsoever. For you have no right to judge another person. And he argues in passing judgment upon the other person, you condemn yourself. Let us try and unpack these two phrases that are coming from Paul. The first one of not being ashamed of the gospel. The second one of saying nobody has a right to make a judgment over someone else's life. Paul argues from his own personal experiences with God, but above all his own personal experiences with the people of the way, the people we had come to know and believe in Jesus, and because of that, we have decided to follow Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, if you go to the itinerary of Paul, you soon realize that Paul was once a soul who had gone out to destroy the people of God. And almost most of us, if not all of us in our lives, there are certain things that we have done that we're not proud of, that we've always needed God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And it is once we realize our own inadequacies, our own failures, our own mistakes, that we can approach God and ask for mercy. I say we can approach God because it doesn't always mean we always approach God. There are some people who will know that they've done wrong, but they will never go back and acknowledge that they themselves have done that which is wrong. And so in here lies the beauty of an acknowledgement of one's humanity. Acknowledgement of one's mistakes, but also the ability of wanting to become a better person. But that's just one side of the coin. The other side of the coin for me is an introspection. Do I really have a right to pass judgment on someone? There I go, I, but for the grace of God. Just because it happened to him, it doesn't mean it can't happen to me. Just because so and so did this, it doesn't mean I'm immune from it. We all live amongst each other. And we all, to a large degree, have our own skeletons in the closet. And so God is asking us, and Paul is challenging us, what is my attitude towards those who have failed? What is my attitude towards those who have sinned? What is my attitude towards those who are weak? 
Am I there to support them or am I there to blow out the weaknesses and to laugh about it? The other argument that Paul talks about, he says we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who do such things. And Paul argues and he says, if I'm judgmental, I need to know that the judgment I hand out is the judgment I will receive. It's called karma. It will bite us. So if I'm nasty, if I'm terrible, the Lord eventually will answer. And so the question I need to ask myself, is there a room for forgiveness in our homes? Is there room for improvement? Can I still accept you? Can I still work with you? Can I still trust you? There are some people who struggle with forgiving themselves. There are some people who struggle with picking up and moving on. There are some people who struggle, who refuse to try again. And so the Lord challenges us to go back and to realize that there's something in all of us and there's something that we must never forget. A saint has a past. A sinner has a future. There's always hope. And in all of us, there is an element of goodness. The good and the not so good. Go back to the beautiful story that Bishop Berry used to say. Two wolves, they fight. Which one wins the battle? The one you feed the most. In all of us, dear brothers and sisters, there is a good and a not so good. There is a saint and a sinner. But do I focus on the good? Do I build on the good? Do I try to improve? If yes, then the good will always prevail. But if I always see myself as a sinner, if I always see myself as a weak person, if I always see myself as worthless, then chances of me rising, if I refuse to forgive myself, if I refuse to try again, if I refuse to see that I'm the beloved of God, then I will always look down upon myself. And then once I, I have that image of myself, I will project it on someone else. In psychology, there's a principle that we talk about projection. I see in others what I see in myself. And that leads me to an important concept. Am I always at war with other people? Am I always against people? Am I always negative? If there's something that needs to be spoken about, am I always the one who just puts the wrong foot forward? Am I always the one who says something nasty? Or am I able to see goodness in other people? A story is told of St. Francis of Assisi. He's walking into one of the cities uh, of Italy and he sees on the road, uh, he sees at the gate rather, he sees a dead dog. But he sees the teeth. But the dog was so dead and it had started to decay. And so the worms and everything was around. And Francis looks at it and he says, what a beautiful dog. And everybody else says, but Francis, how can you say this is a beautiful dog? It smells. And he says, yes, but it still has beautiful teeth. 
And that's the same thing. You cannot tell me, I cannot tell you that so and so is intrinsically evil. Nobody is so bad that there's not even a glimpse of goodness in them. That leads us to another argument. The people we find it difficult to forgive. Are they really, really that evil? No, they're not. And so I need to go out of myself and I need to search for the goodness in them. There's something good in you. I may not like you, but I respect this about you. The last point I want to talk about, St. Paul says, do you not know that God's kindness is meant to lead us into repentance. Psalm 129. If you, O God, should mark our guilt, Lord, who will survive? Psalm 50. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned. My dear brothers and sisters, if God was to count each and every sin I commit in a day, nobody will be alive. Because I don't deserve God's mercy. But he knows our sins. And yet he still forgives us. He knows our flaws. And yet he still forgives us. One of the greatest things I always think about if you are over 50, you could write a litany of your own life. If you're over 60, over 70, the older one gets, I'm not sure if it happens to some of you, the more time you have for yourself to think about how you've lived your life. And so God gives us time to reflect about ourselves. And we soon realize I've only survived because of grace. And the grace I've received from God is the same grace I should give to others. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.